Welcome to the Quiet in Front podcast. I'm your host, Michael McDonald. And I'm Noah Fillman. Quiet in Front is your newest place for all things cinema. Join Mike and Noah as we break down the newest trailers or the hottest films, along with our thoughts and opinions on movies that shaped generations. And remember, we watch so you can listen. Welcome back, everyone, to the Quiet in Front podcast. Mike and Noah here, and we're here with our second episode on the Star Wars franchise, and we got a really exciting and long, probably a pretty decent-sized episode today. We're doing the Rise and Fall of the Empire. Yeah, we've got a lot of ground to cover today, Mike, don't we? we got to get through the Bad Batch, Rebels, mm-hmm. Solo, Rogue One, and the original trilogy. Yeah. So we're going to try and give you as much crucial information as possible. But honestly, just right off the bat, start of the episode, whatever we say here cannot hold a candle to what the actual mm-hmm. movies will give you, Yeah, experience-wise. We're really about to chug through the TV shows and kind of the anthology films, but... We'll just kind of get right into it. There's so much to talk about. So let's just start mm-hmm. with The Bad Batch, which is one of the newer Star Wars medias to come out uh, in recent years. It's coming out last year. And yeah, and it, it's based off of The Clone Wars, from what we know. It's it's a group of clones that don't have the inhibitor chip or have they all have the They all have the inhibitor chips, but they're defective clones because they have special mutations. Yeah. So, you know, one's good at... He's a sniper, so he has a good eye. It's crosshairs. Crosshairs. But but again, this is D. Bradley Baker just as a squad of himself. Yes, it's just D. Bradley Baker talking to himself most of the time. What the show does is it it highlights the immediate fall of the Republic. Mm -hmm. Um, So Order 66 just happened. That's the first episode. We get to see Order 66 from a... The Bad Batch perspective because their inhibitor chips are a little busted. They they take a little longer in some cases to get their their orders, but... Um, right off the bat, we see them being confused why the clones are turning on the Jedi, and we get to see uh, a young Padawan, actually, who we'll talk about later. We'll in talk this about episode, later when he comes when he comes back in a different series. Yes, in a different series, but we kind of get to see that whole thing go down, and the Bad Batch returning to Kamino, where the Emperor gives his whole speech about how the Empire's here, the Republic's gone, the Jedi are dead. It's a really interesting perspective because it. Following that whole the prequel trilogy where it's basically just wartime, right? It's this group of soldiers watching all the other soldiers do something. And it's almost like these guys are now like rebellious. Yeah. Not that they like totally are, but it's it's almost as if. It's like what if your whole army turned in yeah. just did a 180? It, it's really – it shows it's that. fascinating. It shows that with the clones is why I really like it. It's because it shows the Empire – taking over the galaxy it shows what the clones did right after the war was over i mean right. we get to see like uh governor tarkin who's at the time kind of coming to camino and being like you know we gotta switch over this stuff we have another guy named rampart who's kind of a new imperial in the show i think my favorite part of this show is when they like they straight up tell you that they're not going to be manufacturing clones anymore yeah they're starting to phase them out they're starting to with a uh, conscription yeah. Uh, strategy. Operation War Mantle. Is, is what that it's what it's called? called? Yeah, that's what it's called. I had no it's idea. There's a little thing in Rogue One when we get there, too, that they teased that. But, like, I thought that was really cool, especially when, like, right in, like, the first couple episodes, you see them conscripting Imperials. Uh, Crosshair, who's a member of the Bad Batch, of course, defects, or defects, I guess, stays loyal to the Empire. Yeah. And he... Yeah, it, it's so weird. And, and again, for everything, every episode that we have, spoiler alert for yeah. people who haven't seen anything that we talk about. Um, it's so weird that Crosshair is not even influenced by the inhibitor chip. No, he took the chip out. He <laughs> knew about the chip and he took it out. He's just loyal to the Empire. That's so... Wait, why, though? Mm-hmm. That I, doesn't make I sense. Don't know. 
Uh, but this does a good job of jumping around too. Just we get to see Ryloth, which is a big Clone Wars planet that we see a lot in that TV show. We get to mm-hmm. see another character from Rebels, Harris and Dula, that we'll talk about later, and just really kind of how how everyone's affected by this Imperial takeover and all that. There's another part of the show that I truly, truly enjoy, and they bring back Chad Bane. His name is Cad Bane, but we call him Chad Bane because he's just such a badass character. Yeah. He's like, if there was supposed to be a cowboy outlaw in Star Wars, it's this guy. Like, he's a mercenary. He'll take money to mm-hmm. you know hunt someone down, bring someone in. Yeah. And his return in this show from the Clone Wars was fantastic, but... It's not his final appearance, no. and we'll talk about that at a much later date. You guys will have to wait another couple weeks for that one. Yeah, that one's going to be a fun conversation piece for us. Yeah. Um, but I, lo- I love Cad Bane coming in, as well as Fennec Shand, who's yeah. in The Mandalorian. She makes an animated debut after her live action Which is debut. weird, because everything's not nor- been opposite Yeah, so not normally what, what happens. But um, I think another cool thing you mentioned, the Clone Wars, too, is that... We got to see a lot of cool clones. We got to see Gregor and Clone Commandos, which yeah. was honestly one of my favorite episodes because it showed that in Legends, at least at the time before this series, Clone Commander or Commandos trained in the first wave of Imperial troops. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to see them training like the first generation stormtroopers and stuff like that. It, which, But it's almost like insulting because it's these Clone Commandos building an army that they're just not going to be a yeah. part of. And it's it shows <laughs> that how advanced the commanders are versus the like stormtroopers because the stormtroopers get destroyed by the Bad Batch while the commanders actually put up a legit fight. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure we get to see someone from Delta Squad. I think Scorch... Show makes a cameo. I in that, forget honestly. Which I know one of the, the Delta Squad members do, and I thought that was a really nice. This is touch. one of this is one of the many cinematic experiences that I mention on this on our podcast that I'm just gonna have to rewatch. Yeah, I say that a lot. I've found, um, but this this series actually shows how like like more of the brutality of what the Empire is because in the original trilogy, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, does not really show them in a super negative light. This does. No, yeah. We get to see, you know, we get to see clones being the mindless soldiers that we see. We get to see them getting phased out for stormtroopers who are peacekeepers, but mm-hmm. they have this rule with this iron fist. If you like, if you like, if you are interested in this, like, what, 19 year gap between three and four where, like, the Imperials are taking over, I think it's fascinating to watch because it's really it kind of could resonate to a lot of realistic stuff in our, mm-hmm. like, world history. So it's kind of cool to see. How, it's a hostile military takeover. Yeah, it's really interesting. I always find it cool, and it it ties up some loose ends in the Clone Wars, but it also introduces new stuff for the upcoming films. I will say my least favorite part of the show is Omega. Yeah, the introduction of the character Omega, who is an unaltered clone, just like Boba Fett, but is his sister technically? Technically, his sister, and and Boba Fett was codenamed Alpha, yeah. so she's Omega, and and she is a girl. Um. Interesting choice. I think it just they they saw, and we'll talk about Baby Yoda some more. But I think what Disney did they is followed they, that formula. Yeah, they saw that like the father, the, oh, or like yeah. the parent child dynamic. Yeah, Hunter. is very appealing to audiences. Mm-hmm. So they they needed someone for Hunter, as you said, the leader of the Bad Batch to look after. Yeah. Um. And like it's fine. I just I just don't think it shines as much as the rest of the series. That's I, all. I think. Well, with the end of season one, I think that whole Omega getting chased down is pretty much uh, is pretty much kind of whatever now. I think they're going to move on from that and mm-hmm. have her just be a full member of the team because 
this show really does it gives me goosebumps just thinking about it still it does a really good job of closing the book on the clone wars like this yeah. first season was the official nail in the coffin for the clone wars with the destruction of camino it's the beginning of the transition period yeah. from from republic to empire and yeah. what if there's one thing i had to say that this does is or this show does is that it shows us that what we saw in revenge of the sith with order 66 it affected more than what we just saw, you know? There were, like, other planets and other Jedi being slaughtered than when we were on screen, right? I mean, I'm assuming there are some other clones beside the Bad Batch who had defective inhibitor chips, yeah, because it's not going to be 100% We see Rex show useful. back up in this, and I'm, we know, at least in Rebels, that Wolf and Gregor will inevitably get their chips out and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and they'll that, just start so. hanging out as a squad. But But it shows us that, like, this happened truly all over the galaxy and not just what we saw in Revenge of the yeah. Sith. It gave a wider range, and I think it gave a lot of different perspectives, not even just from the clones, but from regular people and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. It's very good, and I'm I'm looking forward to season two very much. Coming out next month. We have about a month until yeah. the uh, next season comes out, which Honestly, I'm very excited. Honestly, and, and relieving to us as, as podcasters, there's not much to talk about since it only is one season long. Um, so it, it gives us an opportunity to move on to our next subject, which is Solo, yes. Star Wars story. So we're not doing the TV shows first because Solo takes place 10 years after the fall of the Republic. Yeah, so and then after this we'll talk about Rebels, but, right? Cause, yeah, Rebels is five years yeah. before A New Hope. So, so chronologically, Solo is next. This happens next in the timeline. Yeah. And, I mean... I don't know what to tell you about Solo because it's just it's a it's an origin story. It's an know? origin story for Han Solo. I you know you see how he becomes the smuggler he is. You see how he meets Chewbacca. You see how he meets Lando. How he wins the Millennium Falcon. And I, there's really not much to say. There's not a whole lot. To say. It's it shows you the criminal underworld of Star Wars more. That's what the, it does. The one big flaw I think I've had with, with this movie is that it paints him in the light of a hero which is not how we meet him in new hope no you know what i mean literally new, murder someone well from new hope to return of the jedi we see han solo undergo this like character development and he goes from a swindler and a smuggler to a like a hero someone who's willing to sacrifice himself for the good of for the for the greater good but we see this whole transition in solo again so chronologically speaking he goes through this phase and then he goes back to being an outlaw before yeah. new hope well i think we that's a little bit confusing for me we got to look at the this this movie was a uh, in development hell i mean it switched directors halfway through the production yeah. ron howard coming in to finish off the script and finish off the movie so it's also in that weird time of star wars where star wars was not really well received by the fans with the previous movie at the time coming out last Jedi, which sure. we'll talk about in our next episode. Ugh. But um, <laughs> it just it, it kind of got caught up in that backlash, and I think combined with that, with all the reshoots and the new director, it just didn't pan out the mm. way I think Disney really wanted it to. Yeah. Uh, well, well, but there are a lot of things about the movie I really like. I, I don't hate that movie. A lot I, of people did. Yeah. On initial release, I wasn't the biggest fan, but watching it back now, I enjoy it. I think it's I. A roommate Tom always says this, mm -hmm. that would be his first movie he would show someone if they never seen Star Wars before because it doesn't oh, have anything so to do with the Force. It kind of tells you about the galaxy, it tells you about the Empire. It kind of gets you more just acclimated with like the universe and what it looks like and what it feels like. Right. Which I'm like that actually makes a lot of sense and I agree with that. Yeah. So a lot of people didn't like that he had a different love interest in this one, yeah. but it makes sense. Amelia Clark. You know? He didn't meet Leia until. God, no, I don't know the year. I don't well, know the exact year. Well, 19 years, so that's 10 years in, so nine years later, basically. Okay, yeah. So he didn't meet Leia until nine years later. Yeah. It makes sense that he would have already, you know, had someone. 
Yeah. I, mean, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, Amelia Clark from Amelia Game Clark of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, Kiara. She works. She works for the Crimson Dawn uh, Syndicate, which mentioned in Clone Wars a few times uh, as kind of near a, the end, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, like under Maul's under siege. Maul's control, and yeah. of course, Maul is one of the last scenes of Solo. We yeah. see a hologram of him, and we know that he's still alive, which is really cool. I love I, it. I, I, love, I love that. It. Was that honestly made the movie for me because when I went to see it, I went to see it with my dad and a bunch of. I worked. He works at a place where you know we got to see this movie, but like opening night with a bunch of his coworkers, and they were like, "Oh, Darth Maul's alive!" And I'm like, "Yeah, if you watched the Clone Wars, you would know that." My dad right. knew because he watched the Clone Wars here and there, with or me. even like Rebels, which we'll get to in a minute here. Yeah, so it's just like it was really cool because everyone was like so surprised, and I'm like, "That's mm-hmm. really that was that was pretty cool." Like it was a nice little like nod. Well, his appearance in this movie really gives me hope for his possible appearance in Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh God, yeah, we. Can I would love hope. to see a live action scene between. He and Obi-Wan, because there is one in Rebels, again, we'll talk about. Yeah. I don't have, well, I don't have much else to say about Solo, really. It's fun. It's a, it's it's a really cool adventure. It's got adventure. a lot of fun characters. I think Lando, adventure Donald movie. Glover. Donald is, Glover does a fantastic Donald, job. It's probably one of the best parts of the movie, if not the highlight of the movie, They really. even make a, like, not a small reference, but they bring up the fact that he calls him Han. Han. Because in the original, Billy D. Williams just pronounces it wrong. Yeah. But you see that it, a lot in the original trilogy, though, with characters names. Yeah, <laughs> but in this one, like Princess Leia. Yeah. Uh, but in this one, Donald Glover calls him Han, and then Han corrects him, which is a nice little nod to something that really wasn't meant to happen. Yeah. But it also like confirms that this is this is Orlando, the one that like is a yeah. smart ass and you know calls Han by the wrong name. Mm-hmm. It's I, cool. I think it's also interesting to see that Han work. You know tried to become an imperial pilot and then eventually becoming just a foot soldier and kind of like you think the empire would have records of someone named han solo you know yeah. and like they like this big thing that they didn't know he they worked for him i know which them. which actually means that like i guess technically wasn't he a, he wasn't a stormtrooper was he he was he technically a stormtrooper i think he technically was because okay the variant uniform he had was a mud trooper so that's a variant of a stormtrooper so, so this confirms that Finn was not our first ex-stormtrooper. Yeah, technically not. Technically speaking, chronologically. And yeah. actually coming to it, it would have been cool if in the f- in the future, I know I'm jumping ahead, uh, Han Solo would have said something to Finn about being a, an ex-stormtrooper. Well, if they would have built that already. I, they they, they yeah, probably they, hadn't have written that. They probably that. didn't, even yeah. though they were doing a Solo movie. But I do like, we have this like random Imperial officer to give Han Solo his name because he's just named Han, but then he says he's all alone and the Imperial officer recruiting him Solo gives him the name Solo. Uh, and then he sends him off to pilot school, but then we jump three years later. I just watched this movie like twice recently. I don't know why. Um, he's just in the trenches of, the- <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he totally got kicked out of uh, like academy. the air force. Yeah. He got out of the <laughs> academy and then now he's basically fighting. He's basically fighting, these I think insurgents for the empire i think it's fantastic and i think that's honestly one of the coolest scenes of the movie when you just see that battle going on like them dropping atsts in stuff like that mm-hmm. trying to destroy these rebels and then han's like why are we fighting them this is their planet we're the enemies and they're all like no, no. right f you <laughs> yeah and this is like the movie where we also see han learn how to be the han solo that we know from tobias beckett yeah right and- perfectly by Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he's a great character. He's honestly one of the only characters, one of the only side characters that aren't totally forgettable. Because like no. Kira and Dryden Voss, they're cool, but honestly yeah. they, they don't have a big influence. Dryden on... Voss played by Paul Bettany from Marvel fame. He's uh, good. He's good. I mean, he has those cool little like 
brass knuckle sword things. Yeah, those little laser blades. That They're like, not even yeah, lightsabers. It's just weird. It's strange, but Tobias Beckett is the most important side character for me in this uh, in this movie because he teaches Han to like not trust anybody and eventually to shoot first. So Han kills him at the end again. Spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, but I don't. I don't really else have anything else to say about this movie. It's a good co- uh, context yeah, movie. It's fun. If you don't really, if you like the original trilogy and you just like that story for Han, you probably want to stay away from this one. But Maybe. unless you're a Star Wars fan, <laughs> you gotta watch it. Uh, if but, you want to watch Han become a good person again, but only over the course of two and a half hours, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But uh, honestly, that brings us to our next one, which is about five years before the start of A New Hope, which is the cartoon animated series Rebels. Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Uh, Also made by Dave Filoni, Mm -hmm. who led the charge with Jon Favreau on Clone Clone Wars, Bad Batch, and Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. That's right. Mm -hmm. I guess he did have a say. Jon Favreau did have a say in Clone Wars because he was a character on it. So Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Rebels a little bit. Yeah. This is sort of like the... As you put it a couple days ago the beginnings of the rebellion yeah it, we get to see a f- faction of a rebellion which has this team of kane and jarus uh harris and doula zeb uh sabine wren who is a mandalorian and uh a new kid named ezra bridger who who's like a. I mean to me i think it would have been better if he was just a kid and he was like fast and sneaky and stuff, but they made him a for a uh, force sensitive. They yeah. made him like a pre Jedi. Well, because Kane and Jarrus, who's that kid from the Bad Batch? The kid we were from the Bad Batch, about. yeah, he's the Padawan who escaped and uh, he's a Jedi. But so we kind of follow them throughout the early stages of the rebellion being mm-hmm. formed. They you know they meet characters like Lando. They meet Princess Leia in an episode. Yeah, uh, kind of all the way up to really kind of Ezra becoming a Jedi. The first couple seasons are pretty kiddy. I say like the last two seasons are maybe when they get a little bit more serious, sure. but it's still very much a kid show throughout the whole way through. It's not like the Clone Wars where it grew with its audience. Yeah, it should be said, I have not seen all of Rebels. I know the important bits though. Yeah. Like Darth Vader comes back and it shows a little bit more of how intimidating Darth Vader is because yeah. as much as we see that in the original trilogy and in Rogue One, which we'll talk about next, um... This this kind of hams it on, you know? This mm-hmm. shows that he is truly feared throughout the galaxy, and that's cool. And they also, of course, they bring back Maul to be almost something of a uh, a teacher to Ezra. Yeah, he tries to Briefly. get Ezra to be his Padawan a couple times in the series, um, but it really isn't any it doesn't do much i he kind of pops his head in and out with the, the 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 team of rebels every now and again but nothing really much comes of it i think one of the big things this show really does introduce is the inquisitors uh, oh yeah the people that are directly under darth yeah vader. so darth vader after the fall of the jedi i guess some jedi turned to the dark side with vader probably in jedi fallen order the video game does a good job of explaining inquisitors and how they were tortured and basically brainwashed to be yeah. members of the sith but uh we get to see them hunting down Ezra and Kanan and the you know the rebels crew throughout the entirety of the series and they got a couple good ones. You got the Grand Inquisitor who turns out later to be a, a former temple guard who mm-hmm. kind of knights uh, Kanan Jarrus as I a, think that's cool and I didn't learn that until there was like concept art of the yeah. unmasked temple guards, um, but I think that's really cool and it just goes to show that like half of the Sith started out as good guys. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's that's a pretty cool part of Star Wars, but it's almost like too consistent. 
Um, and the Grand Inquisitor, of course, is coming back live action. Yeah, in the Kenobi series. Uh, There's supposedly. so many people coming back in the Kenobi this, series. This series seems like it's going to really tie heavily with the Kenobi series. It's really so. going to knock your socks off this Kenobi series. We're really excited. Um, but I think another big character that shows up is Ahsoka. Ahsoka comes back. At the time of the release of Rebels, Season 7 of The Clone Wars didn't drop. So her fate was still very much up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was... I don't know if the novel for her came out before or after she was announced, but either way... No clue. <laughs> um, her fate was pretty much undetermined at the time, and so was other members of the clones, like Captain Rex, who comes back in this show. Yeah, well, what's important about Ahsoka's arrival is that up until this point, we had only seen Ahsoka interact with Anakin, right? Mm-hmm. But Ahsoka, Ahsoka being still alive post-Order 66 she would still be alive during the time of Darth Vader. And so we get to see them interact a little bit. One of my favorite lines is when Ahsoka is, well, Darth Vader's tie follows right. back the rebels to the, the rebel fleet. I know exactly. What and uh, basically Ahsoka senses his presence and Darth Vader does too. And Ahsoka realizes it's Anakin and Darth Vader says one of the most iconic lines of the series, the apprentice lives. Yeah. And it just Chills. like, it almost like, makes Ahsoka pass out out of almost like fear and like guilt and confusion because she had thought Anakin was dead Mm -hmm. which of course if you're a Star Wars fan and you love the lore technically Anakin's dead from a certain (laughs) point of view from a certain point of view he had stopped being Anakin Skywalker and proceeded to become Darth Vader Um, but we do get an epic conclusion with these two yeah, uh, at, at, it's like a Sith temple, isn't it? Yeah, they're on the Sith homeworld, I believe. And it everyone shows up. You have Darth Maul shows up. You have Vader, Ahsoka show up. You have Inquisitors show up. And yeah. the rest of the motley crew of the Rebels. It's just a lightsaber brawl. Not really a yeah. brawl. It's yeah. like one fight at a time. But Yeah, Darth cool. Maul fights the Inquisitors with Kanan and Ezra. And then Ahsoka shows up. And I think Maul and her have a little tussle. But then Vader shows Vader up. Vader shows up on his tie. Has the high ground. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's sick. But then we get the showdown between Ahsoka and Vader. And it kind of seems for a second that Ahsoka's going to turn him back to Anakin. Because she like chops off some of his mask. And you can see his eyes. You but... actually hear a little Matt Lanter's voice yeah. in it. So, you know, as Anakin Skywalker. It's and very cool. And she says... she tells him that she's not going to leave him and he tells her then she's going to die you'll die braver than most well he says that to ezra oh does he oh yeah that's right yeah because ezra says he's not afraid of him which he should be (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but it really shows that anakin really isn't there anymore he is not going to have compassion for someone who he basically raised basically it's it's a really cool conclusion and that is supposed to be where ahsoka like dies yeah it's pretty much they reverse it later in the series let's talk about that real quick because star wars in this this show introduced time travel in star wars i'm not a huge fan of time travel it's the only thing it's the only time they've mentioned it and the only person who (laughs) seemed to know about it too is the emperor because the emperor showed up in that show i believe that I believe that, like, Sidious is the only one, like, powerful enough to even, you know, It's called, like, the world, between, the world Between Worlds, I think, is what they refer to as. And it's, it's basically travel. It's basically time travel. There's little... It's, like, this black plane with, like, these triangular, triangular doors that uh kind of show different clippets of the Star Wars universe. Sure. And Ezra actually pulls Ahsoka out before Vader kills her. Of course, this is a couple seasons later. Mm-hmm. So... It's kind of like, oh, Ahsoka's back. But Ahsoka, so. yeah, Ahsoka, ultimately, the lesson learned here is that Ahsoka's alive. Yeah, she'll be 
coming back later on in, the in her series. own series. Yes, in yeah. her own series and, and in other future projects that we'll talk about. So, uh, I mean, final words on Rebels. I believe we're getting one of the most important duels what? ever. Oh, oh, Your twin favorite. sons. The twin sons, probably the best episode. Yeah. Of that so with show. the with the return of Darth Maul. Uh, we must also see why Darth Maul is not in the original trilogy. Yeah. So we actually go to Obi-Wan on Tatooine. He's an old hermit man, and Maul finds him. Maul finds him around his campfire. Who's, he, and he's talking to Ezra, but Ezra yeah, that he's, he's like, Yeah, he left that ep- earlier that episode. So. Sure. Yeah, uh, but we get a, co- a final confrontation between uh, Maul and his robotic legs and the man who put him in those robotic legs, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Obi-Wan has now become wise, but he is an active duty Jedi. And Maul is like taunting him and like mocking him and is wondering why he's there. And as soon as Maul mentions that he might be there to protect somebody, that's when Obi-Wan ignites his lightsaber. And we have like a really, really short duel sequence between he and Maul. I think Sam Whitworth, the guy who voices uh, Darth Maul, yeah, I wasn't going to go too in-depth with it. He says it pretty pretty beautifully where it's like you could see where Obi-Wan initially ignites his lightsaber forming the stance that Ewan McGregor would pose. And then he switches. And they switch to the Alec Guinness pose. Mm-hmm. And then in order to trick Maul, he switches to the pose that Qui-Gon used to take Yeah, to make Maul think, oh, I can take this guy. I've fought this kind of Jedi before. And he does exactly the same move that got Qui-Gon killed, that, that killed Qui-Gon, rather. Um, but Obi-Wan takes a small step back. And just slices straight down and yeah. takes out Maul. So Maul dies right here. Yeah. And he actually asks Obi-Wan in his dying wars, is he the chosen one? Yeah. And Obi-Wan is, says yes. Right. So with a reference to Luke. Where Qui-Gon was in Obi-Wan's die or, or was dying in quote uh, Obi-Wan's arms and said, He is the chosen one. Yeah. Maul dies in Obi-Wan's arms and asks, Is he the chosen one? And of course he is. And and that gives that gives Maul a little bit of hope right before his inevitable downfall because he, he did want to he did, originally his whole goal was to destroy the emperor and bring mm-hmm. down the empire but of course for him to just take over but he, the emperor just left him for dead yeah he did want to at least kill the emperor so he was hoping that this boy could bring balance back to the force and, and that that i think is the most important part of rebels honestly it is i i for you i think one of the bigger things for me was uh grand admiral thrawn showing back up a legend oh, yeah, yeah uh, we'll just, get a little bit more of him in the ahsoka series hopefully. yeah so hopefully i mean he was a really fun character especially from him only being in legends and the fact that disney would pull stuff from legends was a pretty big win in sure. itself for the fan base and especially with his future looking bright in the star wars universe mm-hmm. um we talk about uh, Sabine Wren earlier. She's a Mandalorian. She was actually her family's tied to the Death Watch, which yeah. is from the Clone Wars, and she actually wields the dark saber for a little bit. That does come back into play into this uh, this series. On. Of course, we'll more about that yeah. when we get to the Mandalorian. But overall, I think it's a show that you could probably just go through and watch a couple episodes to get the gist. Yeah, I think what turns a lot of people off from it is just the animation style. It's not as like gritty and it's not as defined de- as the clone yeah, and wars detailed as the clone wars is and i think that convinces people that it's a kid's show but like watching some of the deeper episodes and again i have not seen all of it and i'll admit i am one of those people who is like this animation's weird i don't yeah. really want to look at it yoda looks really weird in that so does anakin <laughs> they look like potato people obi-wan's the only one that looks good from the pre Obi-Wan always looks good though yeah, it's I mean... so hard to mess his character design up but i and i sh- really should watch it i can't promise that i'm gonna <laughs> 
but I'm gonna try my I'm gonna try my darndest. It really does a good job of setting up the rebellion. It does a really good job of diving deeper into the force a little bit too, which is for a show that for oh, that like as a concept. Yeah, as a concept, it dives into the force a little bit more because it kind of gets the perspective of an older kid who's learning these powers and learning about the force from essentially just a Jedi Padawan. one. He yeah. only becomes a knight on season two. And the Clone Wars touched on the Force a little bit with that little couple episodes with the the light and good side. Oh, that's a good one. The, the, the Mortis the arc, yeah. yeah. As, like, personified. Where Anakin, where Anakin sees the future and he wants to try to stop it. Right. That's such a good episode. Briefly, that's a fantastic episode. The Clone Wars is better. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, even though I haven't seen all of Rebels. But the, uh, Rebels, I believe, is, is a pretty good show, from what I've seen. It has its moments, but I, a lot of it, there's a lot of filler. And I think really, like I said, sets up the rebellion, which kind of throws us into our next one where we kind of. Oh, Rogue One. Rogue One. Hell yeah. The, probably the best, one of the best movies to come out of Disney. Yeah. This the best movie to come out of Disney. Star this Wars. series of projects from the Bad Batch to Return of the Jedi. I mean, this era of Star Wars, I think, gives us some of the best Star Wars content. Yeah. You know? And Rogue One feels like Star Wars. Yeah. I think they did a good job. Uh, Gareth Edwards directed the guy who did the 2014 Godzilla. Oh, is that who it is? Yeah, because he has a really good sense of scale, which this movie perfectly shows. With st- yeah. When Star Destroyers, the formation of the Death Star. Yes, you're looking at the poster. In There's my a room. poster of Rogue One on, on Mike's wall it's right literally now. My se- it's my second favorite Star Wars movie. Which it's a really good movie. It literally is. Mostly because it, a lot of people think that Star Wars relies too heavily on... Jet like Jedi combat or like lightsabers with no. pretty colors, but this is like a gritty wartime movie. This is the first Star Wars thing that really just focused on the war side. Yeah, if we ever like have a war themed episode of Quiet in Front podcast, this will probably make an appearance. I think it has to. I feel like if I had to bet, the only time, even though it's a fantasy world, it's yeah, very it's good. Very much. It's very good at being like macabre. It shows the grittiness of this incoming or impending conflict between the empire and the rebellion. Yeah. And we get to meet our main character, Jin Erso, whose father is one of the weapons, uh, like the head designer, designer of the death star, Star, which this is what this whole movie is about. They take the little like first paragraph of the opening crawl of a new hope. And it's like the rebels that stole the death star plans. This is that movie. They're like, let's introduce how that came to be. So yeah, uh, Galen Erso, who is originally, or I guess initially when we start the film, a defected uh, officer, imperial he officer. Just, like, he left the project. Imperial it sounded. engineer. He's a farmer. It's so weird that they just let him leave, though, and then they just bring him back yeah, while well, killing his wife killing and his trying wife. to kill his daughter. Yeah. Um, but he sends a message to another fan favorite character who we won't go too much into, Saw Gerrera. Uh, Lies, deception. <laughs> uh, and he 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 tells him that while he designed the Death Star, he put a weakness into it. You know, and he wants to let the rebels know that it can be destroyed, and it's so small that it'll be overlooked by the empire, but so powerful that it will defeat the empire. Yeah, and that's kind of the whole—that's the whole gist of the movie. Yeah, just to get the plans to find out what this, you know, what this secret is that they can use to destroy the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And we get to meet some pretty cool characters. I mean, we get to meet uh, uh, Chirrut Enway and Baze Malbus. The they were former guardians of the will on the planet Jetta. So, you know, they're, they're kind of in tune with the Force a little bit. They, not necessarily Jedi. Chirrut Emway and uh, that Baze Malbus. Donnie, Donnie Yen. Yeah, yeah, the blind guy. <laughs> okay. So, you He's know, a cool character. you get that. You get a cool droid character, K2SO, which is the first time we see Imperial security droids, which are pretty neat. They kind of they K2 is up. played by uh, Alan Tudyk, I yes. think. Yes. Who's, who's a 
really talented voiceover artist who's done a lot of Disney features. He played Hey Hey the Chicken in Moana. Mm-hmm. That's that's my favorite. But uh, for any for anybody that doesn't really watch Disney, if you've seen the movie Dodgeball, he was Steve the Pirate. Oh, we love Dodgeball. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the guy who voices this robot. And he's a good comedic element yeah. of the movie. I think. And we also get another character, Cassian Andor, who's who's getting his own series yeah. that I, I'm going to watch, but I'm not really going to care for. Well, we're still on the fence about it. I'm still on the fence about it. I'm not, I'm not going to go in. I'm going to go with an open mind. I'm I enjoyed his character and presence in this because also K2SO is also coming back for that show. Yeah. So that should hopefully create some How good dynamic. How old do you think Cassian is in this movie? Well, he's been in the fight since he was six years right. old, right? So and this was about 19 years this after. Is 19 it, years. Yeah. I don't know. We could say every character. Like mid-20s? Yeah, maybe 30s. Every character. Mm, late, Maybe late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. Because every character seems to be, they were around for the end of the Clone Wars. Right. Jin was a little girl. Uh, Baze and Chirrut seemed to be. Bodhi seemed like he was also some type of person in the... He family lived in the Republic, so I think every character here does it. It was in like Saul, the Fall, of the Republic, the Rise of the Empire. So yeah, this movie is almost like a covert ops movie. Yeah, you know, Cassian is a rebel spy, which is honestly one of the opening shots. We, well, basically, I think the opening shot where we meet Cassian, he's trying to get information about a guy who defected, who's Bodhi, the pilot, the Imperial mm-hmm. pilot, saying like he defected the Saul Guerrero with these plans about a planet killer. And it shows that the rebels aren't necessarily the good guys. There, there really are. It, yeah, it puts moral, uh, it puts morals into perspective. Morality, yeah. rather. I mean, the, in a nutshell, theoretically, the rebels are a terrorist group. You know, the Empire is the ruling faction. They're trying yeah, to, toward the Empire. Yeah, so they are a terrorist group. And it, seeing when Cassian kills this kills informant, his informant because he can't escape, mm-hmm. it shows that they're they're not just the Luke Skywalker's, Han Solo's, and Princess Leia's that we've all known and loved with the yeah, rebellion. Yeah, some people get their hands dirty. Yeah, there has to be some blood for them to you know win and survive and keep moving on. It is really cool. This this movie does put in perspective that they're not ne- like subjectively speaking, there are no good guys. Yeah, right. Or I guess objectively. I can, of course, our main baddie, we got to talk about Director Krennic, played excellently by Ben, ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. Yeah. Uh, Who's now in the MCU. Yes. As Talos? Talos. Okay. He's a Kree. Yeah. But or in scroll, this movie, sorry. He's a scroll. In this movie, he's really good. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's very intimidating, but also shows that, like, he can bark orders as much as he wants, but yeah. he also takes orders a lot, too. And it kind of it, it kind of really emphasizes the chain of command in this movie. Yeah, well, Grand Moff Tarkin, uh, not played by Peter Cushing. No, no. Well, I think he's credited. <laughs> he's credited because they definitely use his face. Yeah, they CG'd Peter Cushing's face on, of course, because he passed away some time ago. Um, and he looks like Play-Doh, but it's it was, it's something easy to get past. Uh, yeah, and also that was the first time they really did it. And mm-hmm. I think if we look at now what they're doing with certain characters in the Star Wars universe, I uh, that are they're like big de aging. Oh sure, I think it's gotten a lot better since Rogue One. Rogue One yeah, was like as the technology test. progresses. Yeah, but I think Ben Mendelsohn does a really good job of not only just like what you said about uh, him barking orders, but he also is trying to get that promotion essentially too yeah he's basically just like the office like it's in the office where he's just like i want to be this guy i want this job i'm gonna go cry to my boss about it and try mm-hmm. to get and he goes to darth vader who so the uh, well, surprise darth vader's in this movie right yeah so the uh, he's the officer in charge of 
the Death Star project. Yeah. You know, that's going to bring a swift end to the rebellion, right? Which it should have. Which, yeah, it should have. It should have. Friggin' idiots and Galen Ursa wasn't yeah. a, a traitor. I, I speak about being a traitor to the Empire like that's a bad thing. Um, but yeah, his project and his authority almost gets swept out from under him by Grand Moff Tarkin. In yeah, this well, movie. he's basically like. I'm taking control. I'm taking like, over. <laughs> we stand here amidst my creation, not yours. My achievement. Or is it his achievement? Yeah, okay. my achievement. Um, but Ben Mendelsohn dies at the end of this movie. Yeah, by... by B- via his own weapon. space station. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. It was it was the first... So now we know that um, what Alderaan was not was the first, the first. Uh, planet to be destroyed. Jeddah. No, Scarif. Technically Jeddah. Jeddah City was. But remember, the planet's now uninhabitable because of it. Oh, and later. Guess, okay, so I guess life was wiped out on Jeddah, but I don't think the planet was destroyed. I think the planet it was a mine. They called it. They claimed it to be a mining accident. Mm-hmm. But Scarif is basically the first planet that went kablooey. And well, not really. They did the same thing where they just kind of bombed the citadel. So technically, the first official mm. planet to really be destroyed was Alderaan, Alderaan. But like the first that the Death Star was tested on was. Scarif and Jeddah. Scarif and Jeddah. Which uh, Scarif is like an imperial like information it's outpost. It's very tropical. It looks like the Atlantis Resort. Yeah, they filled in the Maldives, I think. Oh. So well, that the was... waters are blue and the trees are green. Yeah, it was yeah. a really cool set piece, and it's it's the the final set piece, in fact. Yeah. Well, not final, final, but like the, the last big battle scene. Yeah. Uh, where Jyn Erso finally like gets to reveal that she's the daughter of the man who put the weakness in the death star and she's saying that all this to krennic just as a an f you right to yeah, his face basically funny thing about krennic he's the only star wars character to have a reloadable blaster scene in any of the movies or TV oh he shows. reloads it yeah it's like a it's like a revolver he has oh. to like put manually put the bullets in that's or the cartridges cool. in yeah i like that though because we never see people reload yeah it's the only normally the only it's a basically a revolver i always thought that was cool so and he also gets the Death Troopers, which yeah. are, they were introduced in the that in, squad where they park like a mile away and have to walk in dramatically. Yeah, like, <laughs> can we just park closer? <laughs> um, but I mean, as much as this movie rocks for what it is, the coolest part of this movie does involve a lightsaber and and a a, a Jedi of sort, a dark Jedi. We mentioned Darth Vader shows up and Darth Vader it, shows up twice in this movie. Twice, be careful not to choke on your aspirations. Yeah, once directly. to tell Krennic to like. Like, like fix your situation, right? Yeah. Like, make sure that the Death Star is both very inconspicuous, but also very powerful. And the final scene where he is trying to get the plans back, who which has been transmitted off of Scarif. They got the. This is where the rebels get the plans. They get them from Scarif. Um, and, and it's being transported up to the rebels in space, and. Darth Vader's trying to hunt it down and get it back yeah. because he doesn't want it in their hands. Yeah, before the Rebels make the jump because they got the plans, Darth Vader's uh, Star Destroyer, the Executor, uh, cuts them off and blocks them from jumping into hyperspace, and mm-hmm. he boards them with the boarding party of Stormtroopers. And it is the single coolest scene, I think, in all of Star Wars because it is just a dark hallway with a bunch of Rebels like in position, ready to shoot at whatever's down the hallway. And he ignites his lightsaber, and you see him there. It is the coolest fucking it's scene so in badass. Star Wars. It is so it's badass. It's so awesome. I literally, I remember in the theaters, I sat there, my mouth was on the floor. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about Dude, it. Dude, when I first saw that, I am like, that's the Darth Vader I know. That's yeah. the Darth Vader I want. And as soon as he ignites his lightsaber, the rebels are like, open, open fire. fire. But that's not going to do shit. Dude, Come on. He starts like 
just mowing through them, just basically walking through them, throwing them up on the ceilings, forgetting about them, and then cutting them on the way. Yeah, it's just I mean like... destroying rebels. Like this is the Vader that we have heard, like been feared about yeah. that we didn't get to see in the original trilogy. Trilogy we get to see a, a little bit in Rebels, but this one, this live action Vader is the coolest scene I, I think in all the Star Wars, in my yeah, opinion. It is. Um, and then they get the, but they get the plans out of there. He's too slow, unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> he could have just like forced the plans. But then back. we wouldn't have another movie, would we? Then we wouldn't have the rest of Star, Star Wars. Wars. Um, uh, they get the plans to Leia. Yeah. Right. Leia shows. Yeah. Leia shows up, which is nice. And she's another CGI face, or I guess a de-aged. Yeah. Uh, face for for Carrie Fisher, who had passed away shortly. The year prior, yeah, about the year prior. Not it, prior. It was the year before. It was the. I'm pretty sure it was like a year, wasn't it? It was 2015. It was right after Force Awakens. Or what? Am I getting my days confused? No, because she was there to film some of Last Jedi. Remember, she died in the middle of filming that, didn't she? Oh God, I swear to God, I thought they just used archival footage of her. Hold on, I gotta. Either way, it's like a young Carrie Fisher playing. Princess Leia. And yeah. the, the CG on her, because they don't... She's only shows up for one shot. Um, it's pretty good, if I'm honest. She died in 20... So she died a couple weeks after this movie, so... Okay. Yeah. After the movie was released. Yeah, so... So the, they probably de-aged the her. The movie came out December 16th. She died 10 days later, so... Wow. 10 days? Yeah. Well, her um, mother died, not too... Uh, Debbie Reynolds died right after her, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's... that. That's gotta be such a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Especially, for, like, for her daughter, who's now in the... Yeah, Star she's Wars in the universe. Star Wars universe. Uh, but yeah, we get we get Princess Leia in her white robes uh, and the de-aged face. And it's pretty good because we it's don't dwell quite, on it that much yeah. long. What does this mean? Hope. And that's where the movie ends. As that's we see Darth ends. Vader watching the Tantive for The big thing about this movie is that it's very, very gritty. Yeah, every every main character dies. Yeah. And like the, the, the main cast of this movie does not win technically they do their job that's they what do their job and to. they die it's and a they suicide like, mission and that's what they did because they're essential but like you know they have to make the sacrifice in order for for the the overall win the big win yeah to keep uh, the rebellion alive but we get those plans to princess leia and that immediately brings us into episode four 20 minutes later 20 minutes later yeah <laughs> uh, episode four a new hope and now we are gonna cover the original trilogy which again i say it all the time i'm gonna say it again we're going to dumb it down because each of these movies is two and a half hours long and we're trying to cover it like 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. We're doing good so far. We're doing better than the last time, folks. Sure. Yeah. We don't, we won't have to re-record this one, <laughs> um, but we're going to try and run through New Hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return, Return of the, the Jedi. Jedi, giving you the essentials and like why you should see the movie. But really, it, it, it's it's not going to do more than me just saying you should go see the movie. Honestly, I recommend you just go watch them. If you haven't if you haven't watched them in a They're while, Disney Plus. Just, just go watch them again before you listen to this part because I feel like 50% of the population of America you have Disney you have Disney Plus. Everyone, We're good. Yeah. <laughs> or as I like to call it the only thing I've really watched on there is Star Wars content. So Yeah, or Star Wars like and Marvel. When, when Mar- new Marvel stuff yeah. shows up. Uh yeah, but New Hope New Hope is... 1977. Came out in 1977. The, the first very first Star Wars. was originally just titled Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and later, when George Lucas decided to... Or decided that he was going to write prequels, it's now episode four. Yeah. Um, this movie is about the Rebels versus the Empire. Yeah. So we pick up right when the Tantive is getting chased by Darth Vader's uh, flagship. It's and... Har- yeah. It's, and it's hard to do nowadays, but... This movie should be experienced like it's the start of the story. Yeah. You know, it's hard to do now because there's 
we just covered what like eight things that come before basically uh i guess exactly yeah i was just guessing um but it is the start of like a new story it's it's joseph campbell's hero's journey in luke skywalker um uh, where should we start, Mike? I mean, I guess we got to, like I said, just start right where the last one we picked off with Darth Vader chasing down Princess Leia. You know, they capture the ship and Darth Vader sends another boarding party of stormtroopers. And it's probably the only time stormtroopers are intimidating in the entire original trilogy. Yeah. And as much as so. like this movie is a really good movie, this movie is introductory. It, yeah. it just it's supposed to introduce us to the characters that we will grow to love. And then eventually, because this movie was supposed to just be a one off. Mm-hmm. uh Eventually, there is like a solid conclusion at the end of A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, so we meet like Luke on Tatooine, yeah. and he runs into, or not runs into, but he gets to Obi Wan. He meets the droids C three PO and R two. Yeah. R2. So C three PO and R two D two escape uh, with the plans that Princess Leia gives R two D two. They go down to the planet Tatooine, which is a huge planet in the Star Wars universe, as we mm-hmm. mentioned in the prequels, uh, where Luke's uncle buys the droids and luke right. of course discovers the message hidden on r2d2 which is the help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope from yeah. princess leia yeah and like again as much as i hate it it's in this is a very very expositional movie there's a lot of stuff that kind of seems boring but if you if you know the star wars universe the beginning of the movie is not hard to watch it's like it's it's pretty enticing um we meet all our characters and they're put in settings that really introduce them as who they are right so princess leia while she is technically a member of royalty from alderaan Mm -hmm. which of course gets blown up in front of her eyes so r.i.p jimmy smith's pale organa yeah um she is also uh, a rebel and that's why she's in space amidst a a a real battle like gunfire and stuff um Luke starts out as a humble 19-year-old kid, a moisture farmer, uh, with his Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. So he is found at this rinky-dink little sand farm. Moisture farm. The, the moisture farm. <laughs> They're farming sand. They're farming <laughs> as if water. They don't have enough. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, that's what, the, that's what they do. They farm water, which is like... It, it pretty shows important. It's pretty important. For their planet, yeah. yeah. Uh, which really kind of shows the, the diversity and creativity that Star Wars had. Uh, we meet Obi-Wan, who is a wanderer in the desert and is introduced as a wanderer in the desert. Yeah. We meet uh, Han Solo and Chewie at a bar. <laughs> the most lively like, canteen and one of the most iconic Star Wars They're just Wars making locations. a pit stop on their way to not go to see Jabba, although he says that he wants to. Uh, we're introduced, of course, to Jabba the Hutt, confronting Han about money that Han owes him. I mean, it, it's this movie is really good at setting up who characters are. Yeah. You know, and of course, with the uh, ensuing adventure, it shows that like some of them are out to stop the empire, like Leia. Some of them are out just for money, like Han. But by the end of the movie, they all come into kind of like the same common ground of what their goals are. Yeah, you know? I think this movie does a good job of also introducing us to the Force because before this, no one knew what the Force was. This is the first time we ever heard of the Force, the the Jedi lightsabers. And yeah. Like, so I think it does a good job of setting up like the force is a thing. It surrounds everyone. It binds them. Mm-hmm. And it really just kind of is like this mystical thing that everyone has, but only some can use it. We've mentioned, of course, in the last episode uh, a couple times. Yeah. And I hate to keep bringing up like lightsaber combat, but this series, the original trilogy focuses more on the force, which I think is almost more important. And it's it's 
sort of polar opposite of the prequel trilogy, which is big on lightsaber combat because yeah. it's cool. And it is cool. Uh, but the Force, I, I feel, is more important toward the story of Star Wars. And it's really shown that they focus more on it through only Obi-Wan in this original movie has a lightsaber, right? And only Darth Vader does. And there, there's, there's one fight. There's one lightsaber fight in this movie. If we even call it a fight. Yeah. Well, they made an extended scene on YouTube. Yeah, some guy re-edited it and it looks a lot better. It looks but... cool. But, yeah, because and, and, I'd imagine it was budget-related. Well, I also, they didn't have the the choreography that they do now when it comes to lightsaber duels. Like, it, what, this is the first time something like this has ever really been done when mm-hmm. it comes to... How old was Alec Guinness when they filmed this? God, he had to be, like, in his... Gotta be 60s. You think? Because yeah. I think Obi Wan canonically is fifty-seven. Yeah, well, and he looks terrible. Those twin sons—they really dry out the old skin, you know. Uh, yeah, he's played by Alec Guinness, a uh, big character actor from Bridge Over the River Kwai. Yeah, that's one um, which I have not seen. A lot of older movies that most probably we haven't seen. Yeah, so. he's a he's a good actor who was like almost the selling point for this movie. It's like, hey, we have Alec Guinness in this movie, and went people went and saw it, and they were like, holy shit, the movie's actually good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to. Also, just see the dark and the light side. I mean, we also get the the story that Darth Vader was the one that killed Luke's father, because mm-hmm. and we all know that's not true. Well, right? Ob- Obi Wan tells him that, and then in the next in Empire, he says, "Well, technically, I was right from a certain point of view." From a point of view, uh, but that's kind of just a cop out. I think, well, because it was originally just Star Wars, and I think George Lucas wrote that the whole "I am your father" thing afterward. Yeah. Uh. Well. I was just watching a documentary. It's like he had this all planned out, but he only made the first movie a one-off just in case it flopped. Oh. So that's why he kind of had it a little more closed. Good news for him and for us, it did not flop. It did not flop. In 1977. It was pretty good. No. It was pretty well received. It was very well received. At the time, it was one of the highest grossing films ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it, it just it's also a testament to just how long this franchise has been going because people look at it and it's like oh star wars is still a thing now but like how long 40 50 years ago almost yeah and like my parents showed me you know yeah 45 years yeah uh, this may so it's like wait 55 no 45 45 45. years 45 years this may it's like i know my dad showed me this i know your dad probably showed you this he should yeah he showed me the original trilogy first i didn't watch the prequels first so i i did not I was fortunate enough. I was extraordinarily lucky to experience the Luke I, or No, I Am Your Father uh, as it was meant to be experienced. Yeah. Which is awesome. I'm so happy for that. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could re-experience it, you know? It is one of those things where I would love to go back now as like a, a modern movie goer and not know anything and yeah. just be surprised by it. And now everyone thinks that Sto- uh, Star Wars is like almost like a – and it is. It's like a geeky thing, you know? It's, it's like popular geekdom. Uh, but originally, it was just a testament to like storytelling. George Lucas wanted to tell a story, and he made it, you know, kind of far out there. He made it fantasy. It was really, it's, it's really nice, really yeah, nicely done. It is, and the story pretty much ends with our heroes winning. You know, uh, yeah, the Death Star blows up. The Death Star <laughs> blows up. They found the weakness, an exhaust port above the main reactor shaft that goes to the the laser beam. Yeah, and now we have our established characters, yeah. Luke, who is, you know. Trying to, to do, be a Jedi. Yeah, trying to do the right thing because he was raised in a very boring place. Uh, Leia, who's been trying to do the right thing the whole time because she was raised by her father, who was a friend to the Jedi and who essentially started the rebellion. Yeah. 
Uh, we have Obi Wan, who's dead. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, won't be the last time we see him in the original trilogy. Right. But yeah, of course. Um, and Han Solo, who almost uh, redeems himself throughout this movie yeah. because in the whole movie he's kind of selfish. He's looking for a price. Uh, there's more to money. Yeah, there, there, there's, there's there's more than just money. There's the power of friendship, and that's how they defeat uh, the uh, Darth Vader. They give him a big old hug, and he goes back to being Anakin Skywalker. That's it. That's that's Star not Wars. true. That's uh, that's close though. In, the, in Return dun, of the Jedi. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, yeah. So we have our characters established, yeah. and since it was supposed to be, well, it almost was a one-off. The movie ends pretty abruptly with no. Yeah. Real other questions. Our heroes get the awards. Darth Vader somewhere out in space flying around and <laughs> spinning into the Empire. The Death Star's done. The Empire's dead. Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess another big thing to mention is that they did mention the Emperor in this movie. So in case there was a future sequel, they I think could they had to do that. that just to be like, why is this an Empire? Where's the Emperor? Yeah. And then they mention him. So like, oh, okay, he's out there. They're somewhere. somewhere out there. But we don't so, see him until the next movie. We don't. But Empire Strikes Back. The Empire do strike back. The Empire do be doing striking back. They do be striking back. And this is about, I think, a year. Is it a year? I think it's a year. No idea. <laughs> it's either a year or a couple months after. Return of the Jedi is, what, three years after Empire? Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's about, I think. I think it's about three. Yeah. But Empire is more about Luke's journey becoming... A Jedi. Yeah. Right? Because at the end of this movie, like, he learns to use the Force a little bit, but he has had no proper teaching. And this movie gives him the proper teaching. Yeah. So we kind of start off on the planet Hoth, where the Rebels moved their secret base from Yavin, which was the one from Episode 4. Um, and we get this really awesome, you know, creature that we get to see, the Wampa. The, the Wampa, the Abominable yeah, Snowman the abominable guy. Snowman, yeah. Oh, I, lo- I love the Wampa. And yeah. it was rumored that they were going to make, a, like, a... Uh, Hoth-based horror movie at the one Wampa? point. Ooh, yeah. that would have been cool. It was rumored at one point, but I, I, I don't know if that's getting anywhere, well, really. This, Star Wars has never shied away from horror. They have zombie stories and stuff like that. Oh, in, like, comic books and novels. Yeah. yeah. There's actually a really good trailer for a book that they show. Like, it's just this lone Imperial Star Destroyer floating in space, and it's, like, this, like, band of, like, smugglers are, like, hey, is anyone there we need, like, to refill? And it literally just shows the the bridge empty and like one stormtrooper at like the window and he turns around and his whole mass is broken. You see like the blood on his mouth. That's kind of sick. Like, it I kind of would want to see something like that. What in is live that? Action. What is that? Well, like you're describing that. What is what? It's based off of Star Wars zombies, I think. Oh, okay. Wait, I gotta look at the book. Uh, Either way, um, Empire Strikes Back is Luke's Jedi journey, and of course we have the other storylines with. Um, uh, Han and Leia, and they're falling more and more in love, of course, because this is now supposed to be Han's main love interest. But yeah. to me, the story is about Luke becoming a Jedi and and you know learning the power to overcome the dark yeah. side and eventually learning a horrible truth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it it does follow. I mean, those movies mostly a chase movie for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something what the last Jedi was basically trying to be, but it's, failed yeah, miserably. it's the Empire just yeah following the rebels to wherever they go. So it's basically after the Battle of Hoth, you know, the Empire storm Echo Base and destroy the rebels, but the rebels manage to get their supplies and some of their fleet out of there through the Imperial blockade. 
Um, but after that, our two our, our two groups of heroes split. We have R2 and Luke going off to Dagobah because Obi-Wan, who came Obi-Wan back as a, comes Force ghost, as a Force ghost, is like, hey, go to this place called Dagobah. Find Here. Yoda. Yeah, which is a name we haven't heard in a while. So, Yeah, Yoda secludes himself on Dagobah after Order 66. Yeah. Um, for two reasons. He thinks he's failed, one. And Dagobah is kind of a hot spot for the dark side of the Force. Yeah, so, it, so it'll hide him. him. It yeah. hides his... his light side energy and i think the dark side of the force comes from that cave that luke goes into i think that's what that is yeah i think that's one of the big things and I, another thing they tried to recreate in last jedi they do it if they, they yeah they, with uh, the mirror thing we'll, uh, we'll later, talk about it later, we'll talk about later. it later everyone says that force awakens was a carbon copy of new hope but i see last jedi more of a carbon copy of empire it, it's just me that's just me. i don't disagree with you i don't disagree with you but Back to Empire. Because Empire. Empire's better. I agree. <laughs> it is It is amongst the Star Wars community known as the best Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's fantastic. It is. And people argue that uh, New Hope would be better or, or should be better because without New Hope, we wouldn't have Empire. But Empire's just, I think it's better. I yeah. think it's better. I think it's better. It builds the characters more because the characters were pretty pretty stereotypical in a new mm-hmm. hope everyone had like their their tropes and stuff like that but this one everyone got to break out of the shell a little bit you know you got to see han and leia's connection grow stronger and you got to see that there is some sort of bond here that's not just a friendship yeah uh, also with luke you get to see him grow to be more of a mature adult right yeah and ultimately uh, what he does is like like pertaining to the story is the right thing to do but like he's met with dilemmas through this movie like because he feels his friends struggling and being in pain halfway across the galaxy right he feels that from dagobah and yoda tells him like don't go like finish your training or the empire won't be defeated and he goes anyway because his friends are in trouble which is almost a fault of yoda's because yoda tells him not to use his feelings just like he told his father and instead, Luke, being better than his father was originally, uh, Anakin, uses his feelings and goes and helps his friends. Of course, which is nice. Before after Luke leaves, uh, Obi Wan and Yoda are discussing this matter, and you know Obi Wan's like that boy is our only hope. But then Yoda then says, "No, there is another." So it kind of teases like who could be this other person, right? You know who else in the galaxy is? And everyone more thinks sensitive? it's Leia. Everyone thinks it's Leia for some reason. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's not Leia. Well, then who is it, Noah? It's Anakin, bro, who is, of course, Darth Vader. And this is the movie where we get the yeah. iconic scene uh, where Darth Vader and Luke are fighting on Bespin, right? Yes, Cloud, Cloud City, City Bespin. Which is run by Lando. So Lando, Lando Calrissian. Lando, so Lando yeah. makes his first appearance in this movie. And he actually set up a trap for Han and Leia because they're all flying in space with the bunny and Falcon because their hyperdrive's broken. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we can go to Bespin. I know a guy. And him and Chewie, of course, from the movie Solo, have a good connection. And we also get to basically meet Boba Fett because we this meet trap Boba is... Fett, who's been hired by the Empire yeah, to track do the down. dirty work. Which I think is cool. They show a lot of cool bounties. They show, what, Bosks. We get to see Dengar. IG-88, Dengar, uh, Lomom Low 4, and then no Boba. So, Yeah, it's really cool. And it shows that the Empire is not afraid to go off the reservation in terms of not using their army, but people yeah. who are better 
for better suited for Except, stuff like this. Uh, Darth Vader does make a mention where he's like, "But it's a Boba, no disintegration," which makes me wonder if he he's killed, the one who killed. He's probably Aunt the one who killed Amperu because they're found in New Hope. They're like torched. Yeah. it's just their skeletons and they're all burnt up. I'm I'm a hundred percent positive that Boba Fett's the one. Who Boba killed. would know tattooing pretty well too, so it would make yeah. sense that the Empire would hire him to track down a yeah, random moisture used, farm. Uh, well, Boba works for the Huts a lot, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the iconic scene, the fight scene nearing the end of the film between Luke and Darth Vader. Darth Vader gets the better of him, cuts off Luke's arm, of course, and reveals to him the horrible truth that Obi-Wan lied, technically, and technically not at the same time. And Darth Vader did not kill Luke's father, but Darth Vader is Luke's father. Hey! I am your father. It's one of the most iconic lines and iconic plot twists, I think, in all of cinema, not just Star Wars. It's Yeah, it's literally one of the greatest of all time probably in film and of course mark hamill sells it perfectly saying no that's not true that's impossible mm-hmm. and then no yes just the pain the agony that comes out of that because he just realized that yes this is my father well and this is the scene that yoda was afraid of yoda was afraid that when he can is confronted by vader and confronted with the truth that this is his father luke is going to turn to the dark side yeah but luke proves yoda wrong and opts to jump into a friggin' vent ventilation shaft <laughs> yeah. uh, instead of joining the dark side. And that's when he proves Yoda wrong, and that's when Yoda's theory of, you know, going to help your friends is not a good thing. That that comes to a close. Yeah. And, of course, Luke's friends are a bit of in a pickle because a little bit earlier, Han, you know, Jabba the captured. Hutt wants Han Solo because he didn't pay him some money or something so like Han that. Is, yeah, Han is captured and yeah. frozen in carbonite. Yeah, and basically Leia and the Wookiee are supposed to just be held prisoner. The, the Wookiee. Wookie. That's how they say it. That's how they say it. Yeah, I know, but, but we Chewbacca. know his name. <laughs> give, give my man a little bit more respect. He, he got a medal. That's all that respect. matters. Respect. Chewbacca, and uh, they're just supposed to be held by uh, Lando mm-hmm. by the they're Empire. They're not supposed to leave Best Yeah, Bet. basically. Uh, uh, but... We end, we end this movie with them going and getting Luke and they repair his arm and yeah yeah it, it's 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 nice this is the best movie in the series it ends on a somber note because Han's out there somewhere with Boba and the Empire technically has that they're back in control again they have the upper hand now mm-hmm. and the rebellion's pretty much spread out across the galaxy and this is when I wish I would have experienced Star Wars in theaters uh, because when when it was originally experienced in theaters. And, like, we got to watch them back-to-back. We got to watch New Hope, Empire, and then Return of the Jedi. Yeah. We we could watch them in a day if we wanted to. Yeah. Because that's when we grew up. You but, had to wait three years. These movies came out three yeah, years apart from each other. To find out the conclusion. Not only that, but a lot of people thought Darth Vader was full of shit. A lot of people thought Darth Vader was lying when he said, I'm your father. Yeah. And they had to wait three years for confirmation that it was true. But we do find out that it's true in... Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Which is our next our next big talk, isn't it? Yeah. It is. And we start off pretty much how we really start off with the rebels kind of being victorious. We start off with the Empire right away. We get the, the opening shot is Darth Vader landing on the second Death Star, which is the, another one that they're constructing to basically bring that final nail in the coffin for the rebels again. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this one's a little bit bigger, but it's not as complete. Yeah, it's not as complete. But basically, Darth Vader's like, look, I'm here because the Emperor's kind of getting impatient and... But we got to finish this thing because he's coming. Uh, yeah, and the officers are like, like we don't have the manpower yet. Yeah, 
Admiral Piet, yeah. Is it Admiral or Captain? He's Admiral at this point. At that point. He became Admiral <laughs> in Episode 5 because Vader killed the Admiral that he was under. So Through the... Through the, yeah. through the video chat. Fun little fact about episode five before we kind of get too much sure. into it. Do you know the remember the villain from uh, Indiana Jones Last Crusade? Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's one on, of the, yeah. Um, he's the guy on Hoth, Admiral mm-hmm. our Commander Veers. Veers, yeah, okay, Veers. So he's Veers. Yes, he's actually actually a name character and has a pretty important role. All right, so. I'm gonna have to remember all this. I'm gonna get it in my head. Veers, Indiana Jones. All right. Yeah. It's okay. So, I thought that was fun. So no, fun it's cool. To share a little fun uh, but fact. Piet in Piet in Return of the jedi yeah is complaining to vader that they don't have the manpower to finish this thing on schedule they, they don't want to and he's basically like okay you can tell the emperor when he gets here and that, yeah. that's when piet starts to shit himself. the emperor is coming here <laughs> yeah and it's like he's it's not in his nature to be as forgiving as darth vader yeah so it's like now we're about to meet the head honcho yeah and the emperor does show up and the first thing that darth vader does this man that we've been afraid of for two straight movies the first thing Darth Vader does is kneel in front of this guy. Yeah. So who's this hooded mamma jamma? Yeah. You know? And also, that's the time when he also informs Vader that this is the son offspring of Anakin Skywalker. Right. So That, like, that was in that was Empire. In Empire. So yeah. that was the first time we got to see him. But it's just... But, but he's, he's live and in person in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, and he's a big part of this movie as well, yeah. But so we then kind of jump... Then this is kind of like... I like Return of the Jedi, but it's always this opening act. It's always a struggle for me to get through up until the sail barge. Yeah. I think the pacing's just weird because they send, you know, C-3PO and R2-D2 to go talk to Jabba because they're trying to get Han. That's like the big the big opening heist. No, I see what you mean. Like, as important as Jabba is in the Star Wars universe and the, the whole hot cartel, that is, this part is really boring. Yeah, and they're trying, yeah. to, they're trying to rescue Han from Jabba's palace because he's just hanging up on a wall like an ornament. Basically, you know? and I mean, we get to see, of course, Jabba, who's a familiar face we've seen a lot in the Clone Wars. We get to see Boba Fett again, which is always a fun treat. I actually like Bib Fortuna a lot more. I wish I would have seen more of him. And later on, we learn that after, spoiler alert, Jabba dies on his sail barge. After Jabba dies, mm-hmm. Bib Fortuna takes over the, the uh, as like the crime. The He's crime the, boss. Di- the daimyo. The daimyo. The daimyo of Tatooine. Yeah, and I wish I would have seen more of his reign because I like it. Because I like Bib Fortuna. Yeah, he, he was like a quiet man in this, but then it's revealed later that he was like he could he could run the show. He yeah, secretly was planning. He knows this. he knows how to how to operate <laughs> yeah. this shit. It's just I, I it's just like always the part that I hate watching a Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I literally like everything on Endor. I like Luke talking to Yoda and all that, and him of course inevitably fighting Vader with the Emperor watching. But it's just like. The opening scene, up until the sail barge part, it's just so boring. It's bo- it's hard to get through. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they do end up rescuing Han. They thaw him out, and he's yeah. blind for a little bit. Boba falls in the Sarlacc pit. They kill Boba. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, he, the fans resurrected Boba Fett Basically. eventually. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. I think the sail barge scene is one of the best scenes in this movie. I think the best scene in this movie is the throne room scene at the end, though. Yeah. You know, uh, this movie's more about after Luke learns that Darth Vader is, in fact, his father, it's Luke on a mission to save his father. Yeah. And Yoda is basically like, you can't do that. He's, and Obi-Wan is like, even he's like gone. you can't. He's gone. He's not. He's more machine than man. And Luke is like, shut up pointy ears and yeah. dead guy uh, yoda just dies right there in front of him too yeah yoda's like you're done your training 
Bye. Bye. And vanish. Yeah, and he's <laughs> just gone. He he becomes one with the force, which is great. Um, and of course he shows up back, shows back up at the end of the movie as a force yeah. ghost. Uh, but that leaves Luke to make his own decisions, and of course he opts for doing his plan. Yeah, and selfishly, but rightfully. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Of course, in this movie, we find out Leia is Luke's sister, mm-hmm. twin sister. Yeah. A surprise. Which makes the fact that they kissed in the previous movie kind of weird. We gotta give him. We gotta give that a break. George Lucas didn't know he wanted them to be siblings at the time. Okay. Well, <laughs> unless George Lucas is in some really, really weird stuff. Unless George Lucas was raised in West Virginia. Anyway. Um, I don't know where were we. He wants to save his father. Yeah. Right. So he basically purposely gets captured by the Empire on, on the forest plant. moon of Endor. Yeah. So that's where this the Imperial like have this shield generator set up to protect the Death Star from. I'm Rebel not even attack. gonna. I I will say right now. Little side note. I'm not even gonna touch Ewoks. I'm not a big fan. I think they're okay. How could they defeat a military? Or a military that's superior to them with sticks and rocks. I don't know. They're just a bunch of little teddy bears that end up actually winning the war. How did they? How? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're well, technically, don't. Techn- the war goes on a year after this, so technically, does it? Yes. The, year, the Battle of Jakku is the last official battle of the Galactic Civil oh, War. Oh, okay. If you, the crash course on that, that's in the video game. Little do we know. Off screen, the Ewoks were on Jakku. No, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just don't. I don't really like the Ewoks. Um, it's it's up in the air. You can go either way. Yeah, they sell toys. They're that little, was really why they were there. They're little and fuzzy. Half of Star Wars is just selling toys, and normally they can get away with it because they're cute. Like with the what are they called? Porgs. The, the porgs in, in yeah, Last Jedi. It's fine when they don't do anything, right? You know, but they're if they're there. if yeah, but if, if they, they are the, crucial one of the part. one of the t- uh, turning points of a war, it's a little bit it's unbelievable. Yeah, but Han leads a strike force with Leia down to the planet. And they're kind of just making havoc down there. Uh, well, Captain Rex also is there from the Clone Wars, which is a little fun. Is he little... in the movie? Yeah, you see him in the movie. I was unaware. Really? I'm yeah. Really told, I'm gonna have I think to... I told you this like last you week. You probably told me it, yeah. yeah. I just, I forget no, Captain stuff. Rex is there. He's actually, you could see his white beard and then you, uh, can, he's one of the scout troopers that guard the door while the rebels try to go in and destroy the shield generator. Mm-hmm. So, and then they get captured, but that's a whole other thing because this yeah. was actually part of the Emperor's whole plan all along. Sure. He leaked the plans to the rebellion about the Death Star being a thing. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Although, I, I believe that Palpatine was like strong enough to sense that something was wrong with the Death Star or like if he had enter, ever interacted with Galen Erso. Yeah. But he would have known. They fixed the design of Galen Erso, but they still left the. Uh, since it's under construction, they made they it left, bigger. They made it bigger, but they left the, <laughs> they left a hole for ships to fly through to get to this reactor core. Whole cord. ship. Can get but in there. why would Palpatine? Why would Palpatine give the actual plans to the Death Star? Why not just make some fake ones and just lure them into a trap? I don't know. I don't know. It's fine. Also, so, well, this is why this is the worst movie of this trilogy, but it's still good. They killed more people than the first Death Star because there was contract workers on there. Yeah. The only reason is that it's still considered good is because of the storyline with Luke and Vader. Yeah, because that fight's awesome. It's so sick. Because Vader finds out he has a daughter. Vader at this time doesn't know that he has a daughter, but he finds out right there. He finds out, and he still, being on the dark side, uses it as like Your sister. A, a taunting mechanism for Luke. You know? It, yeah. it's I, I think it's really cool. So Vader brings Luke to the Emperor, uh, and the Emperor is hoping that Luke, who is revealed to be more powerful than much stronger than Anakin. Vader. yeah 
uh, with the force anyway. He must have like what thirty thousand some midi chlorine, something like that. <laughs> he really wants Luke to strike him down. He really gets off to that, doesn't he? Oh, of course, strike me down. <laughs> um, and Luke, of course, does overpower Vader. Yeah, uh, showing the Emperor that he was right, and Luke is more powerful and would yeah. make a much more formidable asset. He would make much. Uh, he would be much more of an asset to the dark side than yeah. Vader was. I so mean, he wants to recruit Luke. Luke really led into his anger. And- Luke gives into the dark side a little bit and he takes off um, Vader's arm because Vader took off his arm. Yeah. He, well, Luke also realizes that, oh, my dad has a robotic arm too. Well, yeah, but it's also him realizing like, unfortunately, like what has become of my father will become of me. Yeah. It helps him make that connection. The robotic hand. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, Palpatine all the while is 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 loving it. He's like, he, 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 yeah, he, he, he loves that that this room is just full of people who are angry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, basically at the end, Luke throws down his lightsaber. He's like, no, I'm not going to do this. You know, I'm a Jedi. He's stronger, like my father before me. Yeah, and he's then, stronger than than Vader was at the time. Palpatine gets a cool line saying, "So be it, Jedi." And then we see. The Force Lightning for the first yeah, time, right? officially the first time, yeah. In order of release. Yeah, order what was release. this, 83? Yeah, 83. Uh, yeah, so em- Emperor Palpatine starts for- Force Lightning in the shit out yeah. of... Luke uh, taking like Luke. a champ, though. But Vader gets up and is right behind Palpatine. He's just standing he's watching, watching it for a second. And then it finally hits him that this is like his son. It's his blood. It's yeah. his, it's it's his own flesh and blood kind of sitting there suffering and at like reaching out to him. He says, father, please. Yeah. And he reaches out to him for help. And Vader, that's when Anakin comes back. Yeah. Officially. And, you know, throws the emperor into uh, a hole. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to use some like actual vernacular, like, like an exhaust shaft or something. But yeah, he throws him into a hole. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he dies, he dies. Quote unquote. I think he dies there. He's dead. Yeah, he's we'll, official. We'll get, we'll get more into that in the uh, next with episode. with like the Mandalorian and then yes. coming with Rise of Skywalker. Well, he's dead. His he's 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 dead. dead. This is where Emperor Palpatine yes. dies. And at the same time, Lando uh, and Wedge Antilles fly into the Death Star because why would the Emperor give the? Why would he give? The, it's I'm fine. Sorry. <laughs> we're, we're moving on. <laughs> they blow up the Death Star. Uh, Vader and Luke get off the ship just in time. Which I want to make make a mention of this. I said this to you the other week. Uh, mm-hmm. In the background, you could hear. Uh, people firing blasters when vader and luke are getting in the hangar it's either them like killing it's either each them other killing each other for, for escape pods on, yeah or they're killing themselves because they know they can't get off the death star yeah that's, that's really dark, dark. but it, I, I mean it is dark if you think it about think about it but it's a cool touch for the actual movie on surface level yeah because stormtroopers are just people so they're like well i don't get paid enough for this so you mm-hmm. know what f you yeah and we get that moment between luke and anakin when he takes the helmet off of yeah. off of him and he, he gets to look upon him with his own eyes quote uh that's just straight up what he says tell your sister you were right yeah uh and he says and luke says i've got to save you and anakin says you already have and he dies right there yeah and they take his body back they 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 give him a, a viking burial or a jedi burial mm-hmm. they burn, burn him. him like they did with qui-gon in episode yeah, that's one. my yule log um but it's a it's a cool moment because we end the series yeah, with with Anakin had returned. Yeah. And he was uh, what 
Yoda was referring to as the other hope. Yes, he's the chosen one, essentially. He technically became back and became the chosen one, chosen one I guess, if Again? you really want to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I think he and his son were both the chosen ones. Yeah. I think there's always a chosen one, you know? And coming up, we'll see that it's Rey and whatever. Yeah, but I mean, I think this, it ends off on a good note. It shows that the Rebellion basically won. The Empire is crumbling, of course. The, again, There's, the war goes on war for, goes a year on for after. another year after, and it's a whole other hodgepodge which we'll get to in the Mandalorian and all but that. But the good but, guys win. Yeah, I mean, Luke's now a full Jedi Knight. Uh, Han and Leia are going to get married. Yeah, and uh, Chewie's and having a party on Endor. Yeah, having a party on with the Ewoks. It's cool. Yeah, we get to see. Uh, not, I don't think it's the final shot, but Luke gets to see Obi Wan. Yoda and of course Anakin yeah. as Force Ghosts. And it used to be the actual actor who played Anakin. Yeah. Uh, but then they replaced him with Hayden, Hayden Christensen, Christensen. Which like I like Hayden Christensen, but he it looks weird when he shows up yeah, in with this, Alec Guinness and when the in this Yoda. Trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean we'll I, see. it's fine. But I mean technically after that there wasn't much Star Wars until The Phantom Menace. So. No, not for another almost twenty years. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, we ended off on a good note. I mean, which is nice. So that's that's where we leave it off for Return of the Jedi until, uh, what, five years later. We start with the sequel trilogy. Yeah, and it won't actually be the trilogy that we start with. We start with the, the only good things that come out of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> the Disney Plus show. The Disney Plus uh, shows. The, yeah, The Mandalorian, which we will start the next episode with, and which is... Really nice. But for now, I think we're going to get into some Star Wars trivia. You got more Star Wars trivia. Yeah? Yes. All right. So, let's do this. All right. Why did the Empire switch from clones to human recruits? Why did they? Yes. <sighs> this is probably answered in the Bad Batch. Yes. Shit. I was about it's to say... It's honestly a really easy question. I was about to say because they're racist. Is it, no. <laughs> it's just like But I would, bias, I would agree with you there. It, it, it's... Hmm. I would say yes to that, but it's not what our. Is it just because there's like more variation between actual soldiers than clones? It's really that much. It's really simpler. It's really yeah. Uh, I I I don't know. It's cheaper than cloning. Oh, it's (laughs) it's literally just cheaper. That's (laughs) why they want to stop. It's more cost effective. Yeah, it's more cost effective. Sure, sure, sure. All right, here, here's another one. This should be an easy one. Oh, for one, let's go. Who is the old bearded rebel who uh, fights at the Battle of Endor? The old bearded rebel? Yeah. I literally just talked about this like 15 minutes ago. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, is it Rex? Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, I need to, I need to look out for him. I'm going to. Point that out more. to you next time we yeah, watch it. Of course. All right. Uh, what were the Inquisitors' jobs under the Empire? Their job was to find the remaining Jedi and kill them. Yes. Right. Yes. Hunt hunt down the remaining Jedi. Mm-hmm. Almost like a, a total switch because there are there was a group of Jedi called the Jedi Sentinels, the Yellow Sabers. Yeah. The, uh, who were they're the guards of the temple. Yeah, but they were. I don't know if they were the same people, but. Oh, it it would make sense though because if they were if the Grand Inquisitor was an ex Temple guard, yeah, the Grand Inquisitor was one of the ones that was at Barriss Offie's trial when they that was one of the that was the Grand Inquisitor. Oh, really? Yeah, that ex- es- that escorted Barriss Offie and helped Anakin fight her at the Jedi Temple. Jeez, so. man. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the Jedi Sentinels were almost like a black ops squadron of Jedi who mm-hmm. went out and tried to snuff out 
uh, fits of the dark side. Yeah, but they also... So it's almost cool that they made the total switch in the Rise of the Empire and that there were Inquisitors to do the exact thing just in the opposite direction. Yeah. I think it's cool. All right, I got my last one for you. Sure, sure, sure. Who are the two Jedi Padawans that survived Order 66 and are the main characters in their respective medias? Um, Kanan Jarrus mm-hmm. and Ahsoka, right? Not a Padawan. She Not left a, the order. Oh, she left the Order. In their respective medias? Not just the movies or TV shows. Who is the other... I don't want to. Sur- oh, oh, um, Cal Kestis. Yes. From Jedi Fallen Order. Yes, from the video game Jedi right. Fallen Order. Yes. Yeah, of course. That's I, I should play through that game. I own it and That's I so played through a little bit of it's it. It's one of my favorites. It's almost like a Souls like game, though. It's kind of difficult. I, once you get I found, find it a little bit hard. Get, Maybe I suck. I thought it the same thing when I started to play it, but once I got through it, I actually was like really good at it and I actually enjoyed it. And the story's fun. Maybe I suck because I'm normally really good at Souls like games. The Dathomir sections. No, that's bullshit. I'm, I'm terrible at, like, Dark Souls. And yeah, stuff. no, I'm too. But, like, it, it's not like Dark Souls. It's, I don't know. I can't even describe it. But I think it's fun. You should give it a shot. Yeah. All right. So, I'm going to just start with my questions. Are you ready? Yeah. The first one I got is a quote. So, who says this quote? I'm going to enjoy watching you die. Oh, God. It's the guy from the cantina, isn't it? No. Oh. It's going to be really clear, like, once you learn the answer. I'm going to enjoy watching you die. Is it, uh... Oh, is it... Dryden Voss? No. Oh. He's from the original trilogy. Okay, so it's from, like, the movies. Yes. Okay. I'm going to enjoy watching you die. I will say this. He does not say it in English. Is it Jabba? It's Jabba the Hutt. Okay. Yeah, he says it to, I really think Luke. Maybe Luke or Han. Uh, but all I know is that he says it because it's such a menacing line. That's the only reason I remember it. Oh, God. Oh, it was. Um, all right, next one. What cell block, or sorry, what cell is Leia trapped in? 1138. 1138? Yeah. In the original movie? Yeah. No, it comes back as a number in the sequel trilogy, does it not? Oh, it's alright. It's 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 four numbers. I just watched the New Hope the other day. But it's like Maybe I'm confusing different things. Which number would I think it is? I don't know. What number would you think it is? I don't think we ever had this conversation before. Twenty one eighty seven. Oh, Finn. Yeah. yeah. So the the cell number is twenty one eighty seven. The detention block she's in is eleven. Is that eleven thirty eight? No, it's AA twenty three. Oh, apparently. I swear to God, there was a number that was. You're probably his... right. It's probably somewhere in there. Is there something in there with his first movie that it's eleven thirty eight? I'm sure. Now I got. Uh, I, I'm. I. Yeah. I'm sure you're absolutely right about that. FN two one eight seven. God. All right. All right. Third question: How many forms of communication is C three PO fluent in? Again, I just watched A New Hope, and you think I would actually have paid attention? It's like in the millions. It is. Yeah. It's like 12. No. <laughs> Although, uh, technically, that is within what he says. Those evaporators, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> he also knows Sith, but he he's not allowed to... Under New Republic guidelines, plot convenience. Right. Oh, I don't know. 
Honestly, I feel so bad right he's now. He's fluent in over six mo- six million. Six million is the number, uh, but he says over six million forms of communication. Mm. Yeah, it, it's it's tough. God, you I, know what's funny is actually he you could play as C three PO in one of the MMO games, mm-hmm. right? Or I not C three PO, but someone modeled after him. So you could like play as a C three PO, a protocol droid, yeah, wielding a lightsaber. Oh my god, it's funny as hell because there are screenshots of it, and he's like, "I'm fluent in over six million forms of kicking your ass." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Okay, last question. Oh god, and we I've actually been... answered this somewhere in the episode. Oh god, you well, should know. Let's see. In what Star Wars film features the most deaths from the main cast? Most deaths from the main in cast. the main cast. Like mo- biggest like body count of like no uh, like most people in the main cast oh don't make it to the end of the movie. Oh, Rogue One. It's Rogue yeah, One. Okay. Rogue One, a Star Wars All story. Right, yeah. The second. Uh, your your second favorite Star Wars movie. My second favorite. I think it's my third. Well, we'll next episode we'll we'll round everything out with like our favorite Star Wars. Yeah, like we'll, final do, we'll do the ranking of where everything sits yeah. for us. So, yeah. uh, but again, this this period between Order sixty six and the fall of the Empire, and honestly, five years after with the Mandalorian, I think is some of the best Star Wars content. Yeah, I mean, ever. It is so good, not only because it's shiny and new and cool, but it also, it's got just great story elements, you know? It's really good, and I I really enjoy it. I think we are wrapping up, though, right? That that about wraps it up. That's all I got, but actually, before we go, we we wanted to say that in our last episode on Spotify, we asked, uh, just added this Q&A function, which I forgot yeah, there's about. Yeah, there, there's like a comment section. Yeah, a little on, comment section on, on the Spotify. episode. Yeah. So be sure to leave us, you know, some notes, uh, yeah. questions, yeah. What was your favorite movie of the uh, of what we talked about today? Give us your favorite Star Wars movie that yeah, we, we talked about. So, anything that maybe you just want to tell us? Maybe we didn't mention something? Yeah, some we'll little love piece to of hear. trivia we might not know? Yeah. We'd, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, definitely. Put it down. It should be under this episode in the Q&A section below. So click on that and you can just type in your thoughts and... Maybe we'll bring them up next week if there's Hell something that yeah, we missed. yeah, brother. But I think for this week, that's really it for the Quiet in Front podcast. Wrapping uh, it up for us, yeah. Be sure to join us in two weeks when we cover the sequel trilogy and the projects that are in that time period. Um, and that'll wrap it up for our Star Wars series for now, I will say, because we'll we be might revisit back. it. We'll be coming uh, back, for and sure. And we'll talk about more Star Wars stuff, of course, when Kenobi comes out. Uh, but until then, that's been Quiet in Front. I'm Mike. And I'm... Noah. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you next time. All right. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Quiet in Front podcast. We'll see you in two weeks with our latest thoughts on your favorite movies. Don't forget to catch up on previous episodes on the Quiet in Front Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Michael McDonald. And I'm Noah Philman, And we are signing off for today's episode.